I want you to open up your Bibles to Ezekiel 36. Ezekiel chapter 36. We're talking about living under the light or living under the sound of the Word of God. We're going to start in verse 24. And in this passage of Scripture, this is describing, the prophet Ezekiel is describing salvation that would happen in the future, which we now walk in now. So I want you to get a picture of this because you want to see how you're made. A big part of walking under the sound and under the light of the Word of God is you have to know who you are. The enemy is always coming to try to mess up your identity. So let's look at this. In verse 24 it says, For I will take you from among the heathen. Interesting. I'll take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and I will bring you into your own land. Now, he's, this is a prophecy about the children of Israel, but it also is, a, is literally a prophecy. This is revealing us as born-again believers. So in Colossians 1.13, did he not take us out of the delegated influence of darkness and transfer us into the kingdom of his dear son? It's, it's, the, it's a parallel scripture. I'll read it. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated or transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. Verse 25 now of Ezekiel 36. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean. So now this is talking about the new birth. And you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. Verse 26. A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you. So notice this. God, this is, this is a picture of the born-again, brand-new Spirit of God. When, when you said, Jesus, you're my Lord, the Holy Spirit of God came in, took out the spirit man that you were that was dead and separated from him, and, and he took that away, gone forever now, put a brand-new spirit in you, and then now the Holy Spirit of God came and dwelt in you. He's in there right now. The God of the universe is in you right now. And, and Romans 8.11 says he's down there, he's quickening us. Amen. Right? He's restoring the health, he's healing. He's, he's literally quickening our mortal bodies. But he does so much more than that. So it says, and I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. This word cause literally means I will appoint you to walk in my statutes. Isn't that awesome? See, when you were born again, isn't it awesome to know that your appointment is to walk in the word of God, which will produce the Zoe life of God in your life. Isn't that good news? I've, I've appointed you. Literally, you could translate that word grant you. 
to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Notice it says here, and I'll put my spirit within you and cause you, appoint you, and grant you to walk in my statutes. Basically, to walk under the light and under the sound of my word, God says. We are to stay under the sound of the word of God. We are to walk all the time under the light of the word of God. It says here, verse 28, it says here, And you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. So that's a picture of us as born-again believers. But now, it's not enough just for us to be saved, right? God is the God who would have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So we call that the renewing of our mind, right? Well, if you go just a few verses later to verse 33 of the same chapter, now this is going to give us a picture. This is going to describe the renovation, the restoration of your mind. Because see, when you got born again, if you'll notice, you didn't, you didn't change outwardly, you changed inwardly. Right? So now, man is a spirit. I am a spirit. You are a spirit being. And connected to your spirit, we separate it to study it, but it's really together. You possess a soul, which is, which is what is it? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Now, that is the control center of your life. Whichever way your soul goes is where your life is going to go. So this is why we have to allow the word of God to renovate it and bring restoration to our soulish realm. Romans 12, 2, remember it says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So we want, we're talking about the renovation of our mind. Only one thing can do that. That's the word of God. So let's look at a picture. I want you guys to see a picture of this. So we renew our mind with the word of God. Look at what it looks like. Verse 33, Thus saith the Lord God, In the day that I shall have cleansed you from all your iniquities. That's talking about what we just read. Right? Didn't he say that? He would... He'd cleanse us, he'd sprinkle us with clean water, we'd be clean. So it says, in the day that I, should have, that I shall have cleansed you from all your iniquities, I will also cause you to dwell in the cities and the wastes shall be builded. Now this is talking about your unrenewed mind becoming renewed. So this is God's will for your life. Verse 34, and the desolate land shall be tilled. The word of God, the desolate land, this, our unrenewed mind that, is, that thinks like we're spiritually dead will be renewed. Okay? The desolate land shall be tilled whereas it lay desolate in the sight of all that passed by. See, everybody that knew you before you were saved 
It, it's, 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 it's wide open in front of everybody. Everybody could see who you are, right? Notice that. Don't forget that right there. It says in verse 35, and they shall say, this land that was desolate is become like the Garden of Eden. The Bible says as you renew your mind and as your, tr your life is transformed which, so that now you're walking out God's plan for your life. Now remember, all this happened because we're thinking right. When you renovate your thinking, you start thinking in line with God's word. Now it says here, and they shall say, this, this desolate land that you used to be, you're not the same anymore. You're, you're like the garden of God, the garden of Eden. The renewed mind, the picture of it is, it's like the garden of Eden. Keep that in mind, okay? Well, aren't, doesn't the word say a lot about us living days of heaven on the earth? Do you know the garden of Eden was to literally be expanded to where it would cover the whole earth? The whole earth was to be the garden of Eden right? God has great plans. The Bible says things like every plant that is in your mind, this is, this is modern day English, God says that I didn't plant, it's my will. I want it rooted out. And his word will root it out. You don't have to figure that out. All of us sitting here, listen, isn't it amazing as you grow spiritually you're like, wow, I thought that was my problem, but that really wasn't my problem. It was, it was another thing that was causing that. You don't even have to worry about it. All you do, what is your job? I'm going to renew my mind with the Word of God. I'm going to live under the sound and under the light of the Word of God. That is my life of faith. I'm walking this out. So I'll be like the Garden of Eden and the waste and the desolate and ruined cities are become fenced and inhabited. It brings, it brings life. It brings order. It's become fenced and inhabited. When God was hovering over this planet, the Bible says in Genesis 1-2, and the earth became without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the earth. It's interesting, if you study the creation account, the word light and the word darkness is the word for order and the word darkness is for chaos. It's really interesting. If you study it from an ancient Hebrew, or an ancient Hebrew text, the creation account was God diminishing and removing the chaos and restoring everything to order. It's exactly what the renewed mind does in your life. It'll get all the chaos out of your life. The renewed mind. Isn't that good news? You don't have to do it. Living under the light of the word of God will do it. So let's keep going with this. They'll become fenced and inhabited from chaos to order. From just violent turmoil to peace. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Right? He leads me beside still waters. 
How does he do that? He's leading me into renewing my mind. So I'm thinking right. I'm seeing things right. Isn't this awesome? So it says, look at verse 36. Then the heathen that are left round about you shall know that I, the Lord, build the ruined places and plant that that was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken it and I will do it. I mean, think about this. So as you walk out God's plan for your life, everybody around you that doesn't know the Lord is going to see that it's God. It's God that did what? Then the heathen that are left round about you shall know that I, the Lord, build the ruined places and plant that was desolate. They're going to look at you and go, wait a minute. God did that for you. Guess what, guess what the next question a lot of them are going to ask you? Can, can you tell me, do you think, is that, could, would God do that for me? Right? See, you can go witnessing, but why don't you just be a witness? And when people come to you and go, okay, I have seen you, I've seen your life. I've seen the way you used to be. You're, you're just not even the same person anymore. Right? I've seen you face some things. They'll know it's God. So this is a picture of the renewed mind. It says it'll be like the Garden of Eden. So now go back to Genesis chapter 2, because I want to give you a picture of what the Garden of Eden looked like. Because if our renewed mind is like the Garden of Eden, then this should give us a picture. Because remember, the Old Testament... It's a pattern. It's a type. It shows us things. So as we read this, Genesis chapter 2, verse 10, see, you could read this as it's describing the Garden of Eden, or you could read this as it's a type. It's showing you a picture of what the renewed mind is. Okay, so let's look at this. And a river, verse 10 of chapter 2 of Genesis a river went out of Eden to water the garden. And from thence it was parted, and it became into and it and became into four heads. The name of the first is Pison. That is it which compasses the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good, and there is bedellion there, and the onyx stone. The name of the first river that, it, that parted was Pison. The first river. That word Pison means increase. So one of the first things that's going to happen to you is you renew your mind. You're going to see increase in your life. Right? You should expect that. The renewed mind will bring increase. Why? Well, you've already been given increase, but now it'll overtake you because you're, you're positioned right. So let's keep going with that. Verse 13, and the name of the second river is Gihon. It literally means, well, it, and, and it says, the same is that compasses the whole land of Ethiopia. Gihon, the second river. It literally means this, this Hebrew word gives us a picture 
of a gushing forth. Or you would say it like this. The second characteristic of a renewed mind is one of overflow. It's a gushing. It's a bursting forth. That's what happens to you. All ministry, all of your life flows out of the overflow of your personal walk with the Lord. As you renew your mind, it'll help you to walk in overflow. So now you're walking in increase and overflow. Then it goes on in verse 14. Let me find it here. And the name of the third river is Hidekel. Hidekel. Now this is interesting because what it does, it, it gives you a picture. This Hebrew word gives you a picture of somebody taking an arrow and pulling it back and firing an arrow at a very specific target. Or we would get a picture of purpose. So as you renew your mind, you're not only will it bring increase into your life, not only is it going to bring what? Overflow, but it's going to bring purpose. You're going to be able to find your purpose. Boy, does that sound a lot like Romans 12 too right? That you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God, right? Well, okay, it goes on now in verse 14. It lists the fourth river, and the fourth river is Euphrates. Now, this is really cool because the word Euphrates literally means sweetness. So this is a picture of a renewed mind, you walk in increase and overflow. You live with purpose all in an environment of sweetness where now there's no bitterness. You're not bitter at all. It's just sweetness. What is that? You're walking in the love of God. So you're walking in the love of God. You're walking in increase. You're walking in overflow. And you're walking with purpose. What happens when a, per when a person doesn't know the Lord and doesn't renew his mind? <clears throat> There's no increase. Now, now, can you increase in the world system? Yes, but it will always be by toil and it will always cost you. Right? Can you live in overflow without God? No. Can you live in true increase without God? No. Can you even know your purpose without him? No. Can you even walk in the love of God and experience this? The unconditional, unending, unchangeable, not dependent on my actions, it's just the God of the universe who knows everything and who is everything just loves me. This is a picture of our renewed mind. Isn't that awesome? So now think of it, so now, this is, this is a picture of you being saved, renewing your mind. Now go to Exodus chapter 15. Exodus chapter 15. And God said this to the children of Israel, and it really revealed something to them. The... the it really revealed God's will. And the first, this is, this is if you were to, in your notes, 
you could write this down. These guys, the children of Israel, just came out of Egypt. And God showed himself as their deliverer. Now, once they were delivered from Egypt, God comes and reveals himself to them. This is the first time he reveals to himself, himself to them after they've been delivered from Egypt. Now, remember, all of them would have eaten the Passover meal their last night in Egypt, they would have ate the Passover lamb. And the Bible says that anywhere from two to seven million Jews, we don't know where, I think it was probably two to three million. If you look at this, two to three million Jews, it says they came out of Egypt with great spoil. They would go to their masters and say, hey, can I have all of your jewelry, all your silver, and all your gold? And all the Egyptians said, yeah, yeah, just take it. It's a picture of what happens when you get saved. So, so they come out, and, and the Bible says there's not one feeble among them. So now they came out completely healed. Now they get to the waters of Merah, and now they're crying out and all this stuff, and now here comes God again to reveal himself to them. Look how he reveals himself. Verse 26 of Exodus 15, And said, If thou wilt diligently... Hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. Now we look at this as a New Testament believer. God is saying, if you will live under the light and sound of my word, and let that be what directs you. Look at what he's saying here. It's, he says, I will put, now that's, that's in, I will put is in the causative sense. But this verb in the Hebrew language is not in the causative sense. It's in the permissive tense. So you would have to accurately translate this, I will allow. I will allow none of these diseases upon thee, which I have allowed upon the Egyptians. Why? For I am the Lord that healeth thee. So God reveals himself. He says, if you will diligently hear and obey my word, I will allow none of these diseases that I allowed on the Egyptians, none of them will be allowed on you. For I am the Lord who healeth thee. Isn't that amazing? So, so what I want you to see tonight in living under the word of God, under the sound and under the light, it's a life where you're always prepared to stand. It's not where you get in a battle. The life of faith, there are no more surprises now. You're ready for every battle. So this is what we're talking about tonight. God wants you to be ready because we know there are storms on the horizon. The enemy is going to try to attack you. I'd love to tell you different, but you know you live in the earth. 
So he's going to try to attack you. The good news is, don't worry about that, he's defeated. So if you'll live under the sound and light of the word of God, you'll always be prepared. See, God not only saved you, but he's, he uses his word and the Holy Spirit to renew your mind. If you'll put his word first place, this is why he said in Isaiah 119, if you will literally be willing and obedient you'll eat the best that the land can provide. Why? Because it's yours. The best that the land can provide for your physical body is no pain and no sickness and disease. So if there's sickness and disease or pain in your body, it is not God's will for your life. And, and you, not, you don't have to get it out of your body. He will. But you have to believe his word and you have to speak his word. That's your part. So isn't this amazing? So now let's see this preparation thing. So now we fast forward, go over to Joshua chapter 1, and we're going to look at Joshua chapter 1 because now here's Joshua. He's going to take the children of Israel. This is now Moses died and God buried him. And now Joshua, God is talking to Joshua about taking the children of Israel, into their inheritance. This is a type of you and I going in and possessing our inheritance. But you're always going to see the pattern of living under the sound and light of the word, always having the word first all the time so that you're able to go into your next thing that God has for you. So many Christians, the days are coming to an end where you're ever going to use your faith or the word of God or the promises of God as a spare tire, right? When you have a blowout, you're already prepared. It's not you're already walking by faith, right? So your, your faith now is becoming your steering wheel. So instead of ever having a blowout, he will steer you past all of the potholes, all of the things that could cause you to have a blowout. That's what he wants for your life. So let's look at this. Joshua chapter 1, verse 3. First thing God says to him, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. What does that sound like to a New Testament believer? You are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Everything that the Father has is mine, says Jesus. And then it tells us that you and I are fellow heirs. So everything that Jesus owns, we own. Well, what does Jesus own? Everything. What is another way to say that verse? Joshua 1.3. I've been given everything that pertains to life and godliness when I got born again. I already have it. Okay, so, so everywhere I go now, this is not Satan's territory, right? Everywhere I go, I don't care, I can't walk in a dark place because I have light that just comes out of me. So when I get there, it's no longer a dark place, right? Now, is it because I'm anything? No, it's because of whose I am and who's in me and who's manifesting out of my life whose glory is manifesting out of my life. So he goes down. He tells some boundaries, but go to verse 5. He says, the second thing he says is, there shall not any man be able to stand 
before thee all the days of thy life. This, that word stand before literally means somebody who's standing in front of you to block you from going where God wants you to go. God told Joshua, first of all, Joshua, when you go into this land, every place you walk on is already yours. I've already given it to you. That tells me as a New Testament believer, I don't have to beg God to heal my body because he's already done it. It's already mine. So if I need provision, he, he doesn't need to bless me. He already has. So now it's just a matter of re-receiving it. Number two, as I'm going to possess my inheritance, nobody will ever be able to stop me from doing what God's called me to do. Yeah, but the, you know they're just not hiring here. What does that have to do with anything? Well, there's a freeze and, and there's no more promotions or they're not giving anybody raises. Get all of that. You don't live by those rules. You, you don't live by any of them. The Bible says whatever your path is, nobody can ever stop it. Wow, that's good news, isn't it? You got you, you to have a renewed mind to believe that though. Because otherwise you'll go and you'll start judging your life by the facts in your body or the facts around you instead of the truth of what God's word is speaking to your heart all the time. Living under the light and sound of his word literally is coming out of your spirit. The word of God, his word is talking to me. And so faith is birthed constantly. That's the way we're to live. So it says here, why will no man be able to block you? He says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you, and I will not fail you. That means my power or my strength will never decrease. I'm all-powerful, God says, and that power will never decrease because I'm with you. And then it says here, I will never forsake you. That means I will never abandon you. I'll never desert you. Isn't that good news? You might have had parents that abandoned you or deserted you, but God never will. So because of that, his presence, God says this over and over and over again. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So because of all that now, he says in verse 6, So Josh, I want you to be strong and of good courage, for unto this people you will divide an inheritance the land which I swore unto their fathers to give them. And then verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. You, you, you almost feel like where Joshua's going, oh, okay, I'm, I'm getting this strong and courageous thing, but you said everything's already mine, and you said nobody will be able to block me because you're with me, so why do I need to be strong and courageous? So, so God's getting them ready. There will be opposition that you can see but what God's saying, listen, be strong, be courageous, but then you got to keep going with this. Be strong and courageous, not so that when you see things, you'll be able to just tough it out. No, you be strong and courageous so that, let's look at this, so that, 
Be strong and of good courage. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law. So I have to be strong and courageous not to fight the enemy. But i got to be strong and courageous so that I could observe myself doing what the Word says. Do you see how he's not a factor in your life? The Bible says give no place to the devil. What a night to say that. Because we decorate this little thing we call Halloween up in little kids and candy and all this other stuff, but this is a real holiday. This is a real holiday for the enemy. But we don't even, we don't take part in it. Right? I'm telling you, you gotta be strong and you gotta be courageous for this reason so that you can observe yourself doing what the Word says. So that you could observe yourself being who the Word says you are. So that you could observe yourself walking by faith, walking walking in the promises of God, laying hold, so that you're never moved from the outside, you're only moved from the inside. It doesn't matter how I feel, doesn't matter what I see, doesn't matter what I've heard, I'm not moved by any of that, I'm moved only by what I believe. Because, why? I'm strong and courageous because I believe that this is already mine. I am not trying to conquer my promised land. It's already mine. I'm not trying to conquer the promised land. I'm going to conquer my promised land. I'm going, and conquer, I mean, I'm going to take possession of what God's already given me. So if I have sickness in my body, listen, I am already the healed, and now sickness and disease, you have to leave my body. And as I meditate in the word, day and night as I live under the light of it, I'll be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, and I will observe myself being and doing what the word says. You'll see yourself healed inwardly before you see it outwardly. You'll see yourself victorious and triumphant. The word will cause you to see it as it really is. So let's keep going. He says, be strong and of good courage. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Then he says this, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. So when he would have said that to Joshua, Joshua would have known he was talking about the right and left hand of wisdom. Now, Joshua, don't turn to the right hand or left hand of wisdom. Don't seek riches and honor. Don't seek the long, healthy life. That is in the right and left hand of wisdom. Don't seek those things. Don't seek them because... It, 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 so, that, so listen, Josh, I really want you to prosper, so don't seek to prosper. Don't seek the blessing 
so that you could be blessed. Don't seek your healing so that you could be healed. Seek the healer so that you could receive your healing. Seek to know the blesser so that you can walk in his blessing. But don't seek the things. When your body's hurting, when your diagnosis from a doctor maybe is not as good as you want, you're going to always want to be able to grab onto something physical. Now, I should say it correctly. Your flesh will always want to grab onto something physical. But your spirit, man, if you live under the word, will just be right there going, nope, I am the healed. Body, you've got to change. I'm healed. Father, I thank you that I'm healed. And if you feed on enough of the word for long enough, there's no way you won't walk in healing. Because the word of God is life to those that find it, and it's health or medicine to all their flesh. So let's keep going with this. We don't seek the blessing. We don't seek the healing. We seek him. Right? Then he says this. This book of the law, verse 8, or we, we would say as a New Testament believer, God's word shall not depart out of your mouth. Now, what God is telling Joshua, he's saying this is how you're going to be strong and courageous enough. This is how you're going to observe yourself doing the word. So now he's telling Joshua exactly how to do it. First thing he says, the word of God. God's saying to Joshua, my word is not ever to depart out of your mouth. That means you never stop talking about God's word. I walk around all day, every day, just thanking him. Every time the enemy throws a thought that's contrary, I'm responding with, it is written. I never let it depart out of my mouth. It says here, then it says, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. So how do I keep the word of God from, depart from departing out of my mouth? I meditate in it. What is meditation? Meditation is of your spirit and it affects your mind. But what the word meditate means, it means to mutter. It means to roll over and over. It means to say over and over to yourself. So if you're walking it, Father, I thank you that I'm redeemed from the curse of sickness and disease which includes whatever I'm facing, right? I just, I'm always speaking the word and speaking the word. It gets to the point to where I wake myself up in the middle of the night and I'm, because I'm speaking the word. It just, it just is rolling on the inside of me so that now there's constant revelation coming from my heart. The word is speaking to me. See, I speak the word all day while I'm awake so that when I go to sleep, the word will keep speaking to me all night. I meditate in it day and night. Let me say that again. So I speak the word of God over and over and over to myself because I listen to myself more than I listen to anybody else. But then what happens is when I'm asleep, the word is still talking to me all night long. See, the word of God's alive you got to meditate in it day and night to obtain your inheritance. This is, this is giving us a picture of living under 
the light and sound of God's word. This is giving us a picture so that now I am ready for everything. What does the Holy Spirit do? He shows you things to come. Does that make sense? He'll get you ready for everything. Everything. The, the, whole, the whole problem in the church today is we are not living under the light and sound of the word. We, the word is not first place. God is kind of a peripheral issue. But you might say to me, but you know, things are so busy. How could I have him first? You don't have to figure that out either. If you're willing and obedient, he will figure that out for you. And actually, you'll get more done while you're still seeking him first. That's, that's, that's who God is. Because see, if the word is not in, above your circumstances, the word won't move you. In this position, I'm only being moved by the word now. I'm not being moved by my circumstances. But if I make God a peripheral issue in my life and my circumstances, the things of my life outward are more important than him, now the word's no longer moving me. I'm being moved by my circumstances. This is no fun. I mean, can I have an amen? Because, I mean, we've all lived there, haven't we? That's not any way to live. It says here, you shall meditate day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall have good success. One translation says you'll deal wisely in all the affairs of your life. Verse 9, have I not commanded thee be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. Don't be confused. Don't be afraid, for the Lord your God is with thee whithersoever you go. So this gives us a wonderful picture. We have to put the word first. You're probably all sitting there going, Pastor, you say that every service. You're so blessed. Because we've got to hear it all the time. Because see, if we, if we don't, we're going to have blind spots and we won't, we won't see things coming. Right? You don't want any blind spots in your life. So now let's look at another picture of how to be prepared. Let's go to Psalm 1-1. Psalm 1-1. I love the Word of God. This is so important. Guys, we are in a big season of major increase in multiplication in the church. Here at Faith Family Church. In your life, God wants to take you from, listen, God wants to take you from here to way, way here. Not just, okay, this year we're going to go from here to maybe here. No, no, he wants you to get ready. And here's the thing, you are ready. You are ready. So let's look at this. Psalm 1-1, we're talking about how to live under the sound and under the light of the word, how to be prepared. What is Ephesians chapter 6 saying, say to you? It says, having done all to stand, stand. The reason why most believers don't stand in the day of adversity is because they have not prepared to stand. Does that make sense? So what we're talking about is to live under the light and sound of the word. The Holy Spirit will always lead you to be prepared so that you can stand. 
But here's a big thing, Psalm 1.1. Blessed is the man, that means empowered to prosper and succeed, is the man that walks not in the counsel, in the advice, in the plan of the ungodly. If you walk in the advice and the plan of the ungodly, it will be impossible for you to prosper and succeed with God. You can't do it. You can't have that and have the blessing of God. So you got to be careful where you walk. Now remember, listen, we can do a lot better job in being a witness, but I've got to tell you, you, get, you put the word first. Don't worry about all that other stuff. Pretty soon you'll be leading more people to Christ. You'll be discipling them. We'll be filling these chairs. We'll be putting pressure. We got to have more services. Pastor, we need a bigger building. We need more. more. We got to start planting some other churches. That's okay. God, God has that. We can do that. That'll be a byproduct of us doing this. You got to start with, you want to always submit your life to the Lord and say, where should I be walking? And where shouldn't I be? It says here, nor standeth, this means to abide and to dwell in the way of sinners. Now here's the funny thing about this. Have you ever met a Christian who lives ungodly? So just because they say they're a Christian, remember we're never led by the outside, we're always led by the inside. You know, am I to be in this person's life to witness to them and lead them to Christ? You got to be led by the Spirit of God? Yes. But I, I don't want to cross that line to where all of a sudden now, I'm spending so much time with somebody who's not serving God that all of a sudden I'm not serving God. Right? Or it says, or sinners. Now, this is an interesting word because... Can a Christian be a sinner? Yeah. Now, they can't. If they're a born-again believer, they can't sin. Their spirit can't sin. But they can allow their flesh nature to operate, and they can walk in sin all day long. So it's going to be impossible for you to prosper if you're around people like that, if you're standing, if you're abiding with them. And then, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, the seat of the scornful. Scornful, this could be believers too because these are people that teach others about others. So if you want to prosper, you don't want to be around people that are teaching others about others. Right? Nor sitteth, this means to remain and continue. I love that. This is a person, not a person, because has anybody ever gossiped or don't, don't raise your hands here, but yeah, we don't want to do that, but, but you know, because we all be guilty. Have we, have all of us kind of taught people about how others are? Yeah. You know, and, and here's the thing, but are you still there? Are you, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here, Right? I'm not going to sit. I'm not going to remain and continue around that if I want to prosper. 
right? You know why you won't, it's impossible for you to prosper if you continue and remain about, around people that are talking about other people? Because have you ever been around people that are talking about people? Guess what you want to do? You want to tell everybody all about it, right? You want to give them your opinion. No, what is that? It's your flesh. It, it'll just jump right up there, right? Start hanging out in bars. See what happens to you. Oh, but pastor, you know, I'm a strong believer. Okay, cool. Good luck with that. But just know this, when you fall and when you start being just like them, just remember we're here. And we have unlimited forgiveness because we all love walking in unlimited forgiveness with our Father, right? But you got to be careful. So if you're going to live under the light of God's word, you're going to have to be careful where you're walking, standing, and sitting. So number one, you can walk, stand, and sit around these people with you with being alone in a room. So what am I saying? Make sure you're not that person. So God will help you not be that person. Amen. Some people sit in their loneliness and just, I'm sitting, beating myself up and beating myself up and beating myself up. I'm the scoffer and I'm scoffing on myself. It's impossible for me to prosper there. Right? I'm walking with this sinner, this guy that keeps doing the same thing, even though he knows. No, see, first thing the Holy Spirit will lead you out of, he, he'll lead you out of being ungodly. He'll lead you out of being a sinner. He'll lead you, you know, that means allowing your sin nature to work. He'll lead you out of talking with your mouth about junk you shouldn't be talking about. And then that's step number one. And we got to cut that off. And now, you start watching. Who are you close with? You let the Holy Spirit do that. You show yourself friendly to everybody, but your close people that you're around, you want to make sure you're around a core of people that you can call up and say, hey man, you need to tell me how strong of a woman of God or a man of God I am. You need to tell me how healed I am. You, you know, right? Better than that, you get, a, you get a core of people around you like that, and when you're going through something, all of a sudden your phone will start blowing up with scriptures from your friends. Right? You know, I'll be, I'll be just frustrated about something, and I'll get a text. Have the word of God in it. It's encouraging me. And it's just, it, in a moment, I read this little four-sentence thing, and it just changes my whole day. That's what you want. But, this is not enough now, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. New Testament believer, but his delight is in the word of God. His delight is in the word of God. And in his word, he meditates day and night. His delight, this word delight, means that you're making the word of God the source of your joy your pleasure, and your satisfaction. The word of God is the source of what brings me joy. It's the source of what brings me pleasure. It's the source of what satisfies me. And this word also means to be pliable. See, if I'm not pliable, what is pliable? I'm that lump of clay on the potter's wheel and Jesus is molding me. The word is he's able, I'm pliable. 
I'm not, I'm not saying no, I'm not going to walk in forgiveness. No, I'm not going to do this or do that. No, I'm pliable. It's like, hey, whatever you want. You're my Lord. So his delight is in the word of God. I don't walk in certain places. I don't stand in certain places. I don't sit in certain places. But my delight is in the word of God. And in his, in, and in his law or in the word of God, I what? I meditate day and night. See, why will Joshua meditate in the word day and night? Because I'm pliable and because the word is the source. Jesus, you're my source. You're the source of everything. Where would I be without him? This is why I'll meditate in the word day and night. See, this is an automatic thing. Why do people not read their Bible? Because they don't know something. They don't know its life because they don't know him. Why, why won't people tithe or, or sow offerings why don't they do that? Because they don't know him as their provider. It's the only reason. So if you want to change all that, why won't people forgive? Well, I can't forgive that person because I was hurt. But when you know Jesus, you're like, wait a minute, I'm whole. That person can't hurt me. Right? And all of a sudden, it, it's, like, it's, like you, it, it's almost like you're born again. Imagine that, right? So my delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law I meditate day and night. And the Bible says if I do that, I will be like a tree that is planted by rivers. That sounds a lot like the Garden of Eden. That sounds a lot like Ezekiel 36. More than enough provision, purpose, increase, overflow, sweetness, those are four really good rivers, right? So it says here, I'll be like a tree planted by rivers of water. I'll bring all of my fruit. I'll bear it all in my season. My season is my life on this earth. Isn't it good to know you can stand before God and you could say, I yielded all my fruit. Man, that's going to be awesome. Oh, but actually, Lord Jesus, you yielded all my fruit. I was just willing and obedient, and it was a great ride. My leaf will not wither. That means everything is fresh. My spirit man is renewed day by day. The Holy Spirit is quickening my mortal body all day, every day. Everything is fresh. You ever been around somebody where everything is fresh? Get around me, because, man, the word is fresh. And then it says, and whatever, whatever we do will prosper. That word literally means whatever we do will be brought to maturity. Everything. Why? Because he blesses everything in my life. There's so much more that we can say, but I just believe you guys will come back next Wednesday. I hope this has helped you a little bit. The Holy Spirit will help you. John 16, right? He'll guide you into all the truth of this. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you before we go.